Hey, Pirate Nation. This is former East Carolina pitcher Davey Penny of the Keith LeClaire era, class of 2003. Keep it tuned to the sports objective as you follow our Diamond Bucks on the road to Omaha, because y'all know we're going. You're listening to Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel as we talk East Carolina baseball. ECU play-by-play voice Corey Glore and others will join us as we look back at the previous week and take a look at what's ahead. Now, let's talk Pirate Baseball. Take me to Clearwater, Florida, here on Extra Innings on the Sports Objective. I'm Dave Richmond, along with Kyle from LaGrange. Barbara, what's up, dude? You know, I wonder, Austin, how the, the, the three things that are synonymous with the Oregon are, uh, are, are weddings, funerals, and baseball. Oh, no. Hey, Bubba Rosenbaum, what's up? Not much, guys. Um, the... Very uh, interesting weekend. The main thing is that the Pirates, of course, wrapped up the, the regular season championship, um, but obviously disappointing the, the last couple of days uh, um, following each of those games. But, uh, you know, you can't be too upset because it's all season long. Yeah, Bubba, that was a little bit uh, breaking up a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, Live poolside, we're going to go down to the play-by-play voice of the EC Baseball Pirates, Corey Clearwater Glore. What's up, man? Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing today? You've got the toughest assignment. You've got the toughest assignment in all of baseball, man. I will accept the sacrifice uh, for this. I will. I will take this for the team. I will be here for you. Yes. Thank you very much. Pirates, uh, obviously, like Bubba said, split the series. They win the doubleheader uh, Thursday. They get the first two games. They lose the last two games. There's a lot of people, of course, social media people that are some people, not all people, I think, that are, uh, you know, yes, you would like to have four games, but we did win the regular season. It's not like we stumped our toe and didn't win the regular season, right? Yeah, they accomplished one of their main goals heading into the year, and it happened probably a little bit sooner than they were anticipating this weekend to the point where they didn't even know that they had won it until after the game was over. And so, yeah, the, the fact that they pulled off yet another regular season title, that's one of the rungs on the ladder that they're trying to construct again for 2021. So it's, I think recency effects will kind of overshadow that, unfortunately, but that is with everything this team has had to kind of navigate around the season. And the fact that they still pulled this off um, is still rather impressive. Corey, back-to-back road series, you know, uh, they, they've been playing hard. Um, that Cincinnati series was was a, was a you know, a very competitive series, probably mentally draining. They had to go back on the road against South Florida. Been playing a lot of baseball. How much of, do you think what happened in these last two games was just a ball team that – have been going 100 miles an hour. They wrap up the conference title, and they just mentally, uh, not completely checked out, but the effort maybe weren't there mentally the, the last two games. Um, because you wrapped up the conference championship, you can relax a little bit. 
and it, it may be hard to get back up after you've been you've been trying to achieve that goal for so long. You achieved it in kind of mental letdown. I think it's a big part of how things ended in Tampa, and that was a pretty strong concern of when heading into Friday's game, which was game three, was that he said he didn't get a ton of sleep Thursday night. They'd won the title, and he was worried about a letdown. And Friday was about as flat as the team has ever played. And then Saturday didn't start out that way, but once you know a couple of moments happened in the middle of the game, uh, then it felt that same way. It felt flat again. And so it, it's two efforts in a row where I think you're right. It, it's They hit that goal. They hit a conference championship. And what has been some of the last couple of weeks, a very tiring stretch of baseball for them. And I think they powered down. And I think it, it is natural for that to happen at times. I think Friday was very out of character. I think Saturday was a little bit concerning. And so now it's going to be how this team kind of, you know, flushes out how this series ended over the next couple of days here before they take the field Tuesday afternoon. That's going to say a lot to me because, yeah, they have regular season title locked up. They don't have anything else locked up yet. And so this week now becomes even more important than maybe we initially were considering after how things ended in Tampa. Yeah, I think you, you get one of those two uh, Friday or Saturday. I think you, you pretty much wouldn't matter very much what you do in the conference tournament in terms of hosts. But I think you lose your last two. You, you know, I think we could go two and Q in the tournament and still maybe host. But you're going you're gonna to make things very hard on yourself and make it stressful. Whereas if we can win some games in the conference tournament, obviously you want to win the thing. But if you don't, if you can at least win some games, I think you, you, you pretty much lock in to host. And, uh, but they can't go out there and lay two straight eggs. Correct. And the, what Coach O and I were talking about over the series in Tampa was that for a program like East Carolina, which is one of the top-tier programs in college baseball, but it is not an SEC program, and there is still that exists, around the selection committee, no question about it, they will look for reasons to not put you in better positions. And the Pirates gave them a reason to not do that Thursday. They gave them reasons to do that Friday and Saturday. And so now, Tuesday, I don't care who you're playing. They, they, it could be the Memphis Tigers. It could be the Arkansas Razorbacks. You have to treat it like it's the best opponent you've seen all year. Because of that, it's a sour way to end this regular season and the selection committee is aware of that so you have to put your best foot forward immediately and you can't treat memphis as the team you beat four times back in april and treat them as the last place team in the league they are both of those things but that doesn't matter this is about you on tuesday you have to act as though memphis is coming right at your throat because they will and expect their best punch and not take them for granted because there were plenty of moments over the course of friday and saturday where it seemed like they had taken things for granted. And so now that needs to get cleansed out here. Who are we well, starting we against go. Memphis? Do, do you know? What's up? Who are we starting against Memphis? Do you know? No, no idea. Um, I, I mean, with kind of how the way things were constructed over Tampa, uh, it wouldn't shock me if this were a bullpen day. Uh, and in terms of Memphis, they haven't, at least I haven't heard anything yet either in terms of what they might be firing. They didn't really... It didn't seem like they were trying to set things up for the conference run, or if they did, it didn't look much different from what they had in the past with their pitching. Their pitching's been just not good this year, and so they had short outings for their 
starting pitchers against Wichita State by Mars this weekend. So I don't know if there's much of an inclination that Memphis would give from what they did this past weekend. For ECU, they don't want to throw any of their main starting pitchers Tuesday. I know that. They want to keep Gavin on normal rest. They want to keep Carson on normal rest, not just for the end of this tournament and game two and moving forward this tournament, but for the regional the next week. They want them on normal rest for the regional. So I don't know what that means for Tuesday. It's shaping up to be a bullpen day. Who gets the ball first is anyone's guess. And the very fact that you got uh, another thing, Corey, for fans that don't know, the very fact that you have Tuesday's game, if somehow you can do a Johnny Holstaff in a bullpen day, you get a bye on Wednesday, which means you don't play the Thursday, which would be perfect for uh, giving the giving the ball to Gavin on Thursday, right? Yeah, and, and even even if they do have a setback on Tuesday, the the way that they managed Gavin last Thursday in the opener, he could have gone further than what he did, but it was a comfortable lead. He was on 80 pitches, and they made the decision to, well, if we do need him on a Wednesday this week instead of a Thursday, he's ready to go on a day less rest. And so they have that at the ready as well. So you can get through Tuesday with your bullpen day, and we have seen some really good bullpen days in the season. Saturday was not that. And so if they rebound, assuming this is a bullpen day Tuesday against Memphis, um, Bender set up very nicely for the rest of the way here. Um, even if they lose Tuesday, you're still set up okay, but nobody who has lost on the first day of this tournament has even made it to the title game. And so Tuesday is vital if you want to deep run here. No question about it. We actually have two conference championships 2015 and 18 and obviously 2019 was Cincinnati and then we don't have a tournament uh, last year because of a, the shortened season with COVID-19 but I think I was telling the guys before I think this week is huge for the Pirates because if you could you have the regular season title somehow you can uh, I know it's a lot of baseball between now and Saturday but it's a long it's a long week coming up but somehow, if you can manage the week one, literally, it's uh, and another thing, you don't have to worry about doubleheaders anymore. You don't have to worry about the four games in like three days. So if you can somehow manage your way, you win the championship, that sets you up nicely for the regional, and maybe you can even somehow host a, a super regional. Yeah, I'll be honest, Dave. I don't think the message is that big right now heading into this week. That the, the everything they know everything like they know what the picture is. They know that they're in that group as well. They know that they've won a conference title and they know they probably know where they sit the RPI right now. Like they're they're aware of that. And the coaching staff is aware that they're aware of it. it, it nothing's hidden from these guys right now. Um, I think you have to treat this week as the most important week of the year because it can be a short week if you're not careful. Right. And so right. you like we're talking about you know, making a run to Saturday and, and semifinal championship, all of that here. They got to show it to start. They got to show it Tuesday because they have looked past eight seeds in the past here in this tournament. Two years ago, they did. And, and it cost them an early tournament. And it might have cost them a national seed. That was a message being sent by Cliff to this team this past weekend in Tampa. You got a regular season title, but two years ago, we did the same thing and we played flat. We went one and two in the league tournament and we were a 10 seed instead of in the top eight. That's back in play after what happened to end Tampa, and you do not want to let that happen again. So they have to worry about making sure that they beat Memphis first and not worrying about everything else surrounding them. Because if they start thinking about that, then performances like 
always on Friday and Saturday become more possible. Yeah, guys, earlier today, I was talking, earlier today I was talking with Johnny Gardner. And um, if you were to call uh, Chris Durham, who um, I think he's the seventh-year guy for, for Memphis, he yeah. saw he, – um, he pitched very well against the Pirates in Greenville, and I heard that he's going to get the ball on Tuesday. Yeah, it's a ba- uh, lucky soft tosser, right? If I remember correctly, there. And uh, yeah, I believe. Yeah, like, I believe that's right. Yeah, yeah. not uh, not spe- spectacular. Excuse me, stuff by any means, but uh, he was very effective against the Pirates. Kept them off balance, and and that's you know you know I've thought about once it was pretty clear Memphis going to be the opponent here. Um, that series was a lot closer than I think people remember. The Pirates had to walk off with one of those games. That Memphis offense, which is good, it is really good, really caused the Pirates some problems over the course of that weekend. And then they got that last game start from Durham, as you just alluded to, Bubba. Uh, and, and he pitched and he kind of locked things up there. And so going with him against this Pirate team is a wise call if you're Memphis right now, based on previous experience. It's been befuddling how bad Memphis has been because they looked okay to me when they were in Greenville back in April, but that pitching has just not been anywhere close to there. Um, and so they're going to roll the dice with a guy, one of the only guys that had some good outings against the Pirates back in April, and that's the obvious call to make if you're Darren Shawrock. Hey, before we continue on talking some baseball, Josh Thomas chimes in on Facebook saying any hotel recommendations in Clearwater if I can get my work done tomorrow and Tuesday. I'm seriously considering driving down on Wednesday. Well, we're staying at the Hilton Clearwater Beach, which is um, just extraordinary. It's just great. And so this would be we stick here pretty much every time we come down here. Uh, This would be my recommendation. Uh, well, I think four teams are staying here this week. Um, I know Wichita State is here, and we are second to pull up. I'm not sure who else is coming in for this hotel. But, um, yeah, make sure you stay at a hotel in Clearwater Beach, not necessarily Clearwater, because they are two different animals. So, um, yeah, the Hilton is uh, <laughs> A-plus here on the beach. So you say that, Corey, uh, not related. I-, I made the mistake one time of saving money. By staying in North Charleston instead of Charleston. Yeah. Not recommended. Not doing that again, are we? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, oh, I feel at home. It's like Kinston. <laughs> Dave, Bubba, we're not going to leave on that note, are we? We're going to continue to talk no, about it. <laughs> no, we're not. Dave, Dave was on mute. Oh, my bad. Sorry about that. I just realized that. So, Corey, with uh, everything. With the Pirates, obviously, now with the two games, and you know Memphis is going to be hungry. They're playing. They have nothing to lose. They're playing in this tournament. I'm sure they'll probably be loose. But uh, how do you get back to – how do you get back – after the last two games, I think Bubba, giving him credit, he's our stats guy. I think, Bubba, didn't you say it's 40-some games since we've lost two in a row? 49 games. Well, we played 51, yeah, and we didn't lose consecutive ball games to games 51, so – yeah, wow. it's first time all year we've had a losing streak. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder yeah, when the last time we lost three in a row was. Uh, that that give God. Uh, did we do it in the shortened season last year? That that'd be interesting to see how far no, back. I don't think we, we did it. three in a row. Yeah, we we, yeah, we only we lost uh, what thirteen and four. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so at least twenty. Yeah. 
So and at least I 19, but probably not 19. Yeah, probably the UCLA series in 19. That's the last okay. one I can think of. That was three in a row. Um, that is, I don't know. I don't remember what I think after that or the win prior to that. I don't remember who was at midweek prior to that trip to LA, but that was a three-game skid uh, against the number one team in the nation at the time. No. And and they were not. There were some close games in there, right? I remember one of the games was real close yeah. anyway. So it wasn't yeah, they like were pretty that. Close, yeah. They were all pretty yeah. close. Yeah, uh, but we. I know we lost them, but I'm just saying it wasn't like that. We went there and. And I guess the number one team had played an awful, you know, had an awful experience. But you obviously uh, want to win, win them. And I remember we came back and beat up on uh, Elon. Yes. Um, thanks to Bubba. Well, the Pirates bounced back. And Coach was, uh, read Bubba's post and put up there, we bounced back. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> um, but anyway, moving what? forward to – Hey, anything to, poke, anything to poke the bear, anything to poke the bear. <laughs> we bounce back. So, uh, speaking of segue here, how do we bounce back from Tampa to Clearwater? Well, I think you, you got two things to clean up from uh, the South Florida series. Uh, the last game was a problem pitching-wise, walking nine, hitting five. Um, it, it was it – was it was kind of an avalanche game where it just seemed like every pitcher was struggling on top of the other. And, and those have happened a few times during the course of the season. But that was the kind of the culmination of it. Where just, you know, one guy came in and just couldn't do it. And then the next guy came in and it was the same story over and over again. The fact that that was a three to two game for as long as it was, was a miracle because uh, South Florida had every reason to blow that thing open earlier. And then they finally did late. So, if it's a bullpen day again on Tuesday, um, not trying to do too much to make up for a guy who maybe struggled before you. That just seemed like that was all over Saturday's game. Where it's like, oh, this guy struggled. I have to make up for it. And you start to get outside your head a little bit. Um, so that's the first step if Tuesday is going to be bullpen day. The other step is, frankly, offensively, um, that series is not a shining moment for Pirate baseball because you know game one was one thing when they, they put up a ton of runs whenever Gavin's pitching and they did again but game two they put up a five run third inning that was it game three shut out for the first time all year only four base runners and then game four or two in the first inning and that was all she wrote so that's only two innings in the last three games of baseball in Tampa where they put up runs and that's not this team either this offense is what we saw in game one and so going much more on a micro level of attention for this lineup, putting pressure on this Memphis team, on whoever's pitching, on that defense was as leaky at times, making them work to put to get you out. Um, that was what needed the pirate what the pirate offense needs to get back to because that was what happened to start in Tampa. It was not how it finished in Tampa. Corey, you you mentioned you know uh, the the defense not playing well at times, leaky defense. Is that what you said? Um, yeah. Shaky defense. Shaky defense probably makes more sense. But uh, I uh, to me that's just focus. I mean, to, in my opinion, to, to me, if, if if the guys come out focused, that kind of takes care of itself. I would think. I mean, God, Mike, yeah. you look at that double play on Friday night or th- Thursday night. I'm sorry, at the end of the game, you couldn't have better. De- that's one of the better defensive plays we'll see all year. 
So, I mean, the, guy, the guys are sharp with the glove when, when they're hitters into the game. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I, and it's – I was I was saying more like Memphis doesn't have the best defense on earth, and so making Memphis work, that, that's kind of the, the what ECU offense needs to do here on Tuesday. But there were some moments uh, in the final two games in which the Pirates defense was not sharp at all. And yep. uh, there was a, an Aaron pickoff throw. There was – um, I, I think it was Ben Newton, the catcher, who threw down to second base, despite the fact it was ball four and the throw went to center field, and that led to a run immediately on that Saturday finale. Um, you know, just there was a, a, a drop pop fly down the left field line in one of the games. I think that was one of the wins on Thursday as well. Yeah, the defense is not just about positioning, it's about focus. And um, there were too many points for anybody's liking uh, against the Bulls of lack of focus. And, and, yeah, defense doesn't get as much talk when we're talking about like, games like what we saw. But you're right. When you see the highlight moments that they had Thursday night and then you see just kind of the lapses they had the last two days, it all correlates. It all correlates to what, to, to what Cliff Godwin told me prior to Friday. He was really worried about how this team would come out on Friday. Um, and they proved him right. And, and now it's about proving him wrong here coming into Tuesday and, and saying, no, we're, we're the team that won a conference title Thursday. We're not the team that we just saw the last two days. There are two very different clubs that we saw in Tampa. We're the former. And now it's time to go show it. And who knows? It could also be that we want, you know, that we get the mop, we get the sweep on on USF, we could win all four and come in there flat as well, right? I mean, who knows? Uh, I mean, we'll never know, but you could win all four and then think that you easily have it and play Tuesday against Memphis and and play terrible, you know? So who knows what now that you got to take those two games and those are in the past. And uh, as far as um, Memphis, we know the Memphis, like you said, Corey, the Memphis pitching has been bad all year. And uh, thinking the Pirates can get hot with those bats early on and getting the bullpen early, then uh, it might be an easy day for the Pirates. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's, uh, they have to show it. They have to want to make it an easy day because when they want to do that, there's nobody better in the country at doing it. Like There are other programs that will say otherwise, but when this team puts their head into it, they're unstoppable. And, and we've seen that when – They've won every series opener this year because they lock in when Gavin's on the mound and they're ready to go to war for him until they put up a ton of runs. Uh, they, they, they play a little bit differently. They play a little bit with an edge when Carson's on the mound. But Carson gave up four runs in the first inning on Friday, and it kind of shell-shocked him. It really felt that way. Um, so he's relying on him for that not happening. Um, listen, if they want it to be an easy day, they have all the tools to make it an easy day. They've got to do it, though. They, they can't rely on Memphis allowing that to happen. You have to make it happen. Um, and if that if, if they're able to play that out over nine innings Tuesday afternoon, then they're going to be going into the weekend here. Um, but if they decide that, you know what, we beat this team four times, we're the last place team that won seven games this year in conference, um, we're better than that. Then they'll lose. Like the, 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 if, if they don't go out there and prove it, they'll lose. They, it's that simple, um, and it's not looking past it. Like you can't look past Tuesday, even if they had won all four. Like even if they won all four in Tampa, you can't move past 
Memphis yet. Like, you've got to go beat them. you got to go prove it. Because if you do that, then the road is there to do everything you want to do in the NCAA tournament. But you got to do it Tuesday. And you got to make it – you got to want to do it Tuesday. And yeah, if you can get the best – going back to what I was saying earlier, if you get the best effort on Tuesday, I mean, then it makes your life easier too because then you're – uh, then you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, so you you got to get that first yeah. win. Totally, totally agree with you, Dave. They can't think it that way. They can't no. do it. They got to think about inning one Tuesday at 1 o'clock, 12.45, whenever the game's going to happen, and then go to the second, and then go to the third, and then go to the fourth, and move on that way. It's got to be at such a micro level for Tuesday because that is what makes a championship team, not worrying about down the road, worrying about now worrying about the immediate future. So don't think about, well, we could have Gavin on a full week rest if we win today. No, just go win. Just go win the game. Go beat Memphis and then worry about the next game. But if you get caught looking ahead and you get shut out 7 nothing, and you get blown out 8-2 to two, like we saw to end this series and end the season. So go take it one step at a time Tuesday and prove that you're the best team in this conference. It shouldn't even take anything. It shouldn't after losing, after getting shut out and losing eight to two the last two games, and these guys being who they are and being conference champions and being praised as one of the best teams in baseball and the pedigree they have and the resume they have. Those last two performances should be motivation enough to go take some hits off Tuesday. If it's not totally wrong, I if if they don't look at what and I think it was. And Dave, you mentioned like moving past those games. You're you're dead on. I think you, you have to flush those games. But you have to take what happened in those games and figure out why those happened to make sure it doesn't happen again. And if this crew looks back at those two games and realizes what happened there, um, then they should come out with their hair on fire on Tuesday. Like that that's that should be the response after what happened here. It's funny, uh, during the, the final game on Saturday, uh, Coach O and I were on the air together. And, um, you know, Coach is better at being a good cop than I am. And he's a former coach. Uh, and he's talking about, you know, we heard a lot about the South Florida pitching, and I think there have been moments where they proved how good that they were. And, and they're a good pitching staff. Um, but my response was, are they 15-2 to two better than ECU over the last two games? And the answer is no, that they're not. Um, they deserve those two wins. They were far and away the better team in those two games, and so it should have been a slip. But they're not that better than ECU. Nobody's that better than ECU in the American this year. And so now is when it got to come into perspective. They realize Memphis is going to see what South Florida just did and said, oh, they actually made things look pretty easy against the Pirates in the last two games. We can do that. We nearly did it in April. So let's stop at them throwing everything they have on the table here on Tuesday. They need to run the table if they want any help with doing anything. So you have to be ready for that. And the way you're ready for that is to realize that you're damn good. You're really damn good. And the team that we saw the last two days isn't them. So if you want that to be you, they can make that them. But a championship-worthy team, as Kyle says, responds from that and comes out and bludgeons a team. And that's what they're going to try and do. And another thing on, on the opposite side of that, Memphis has struggled all year, last place team, like you said. And if you can jump on them early – uh, you know, they may decide they're ready to go back home and get the season over with. I mean, I don't know their mindset. They may be balls to the wall wanting to win the tournament, even having the loser's bracket. But you, you kind of think maybe if we can jump on them early, they'll, they'll 
fold the tent. I'm just speculating. Yeah, and uh, Memphis over the years here has actually had some okay runs in this tournament. They made the semifinals a few times as one of these bottom seeds. They've, they've never been contending for the top of this conference, but they just kind of, you know, they don't necessarily check out immediately and ready for the end of the season. But we've seen over the years, they've beaten the Pirates before as a high seed in this tournament a few years ago. Darren Schoenrock, for, for all the struggles that this program has had over the years, they're playing for them, they're, and they're playing to not end the season immediately here. They've done it year after year after year. So you're going to get their absolute best punch here with, with a lineup that will give you a lot of punches. And so you if you got to be ready to answer that. And if you can jump out early, great. But you got to keep building on it because a two-run first inning on Saturday didn't hold up. A five-run third inning on Thursday night almost didn't hold up. So, like, you got to keep on going and put, send the message. Send a message to this entire tournament. Yeah, Cincinnati is playing unbelievable right now. Um, Wichita State is back in a, a good upswing right now. UCF just left their series. But you're the team to beat this week. And it starts Tuesday. It starts coming out and taking care of Memphis the way you know you can. No doubt about it. You, it. The very fact of this team has to be after the last two performances, the last two games, they have to be hungry. And the very fact that now it's, uh, you know, you always hear, Corey, with the, it's a whole new season now with postseason, survive and advance. But going back to what you said, you're absolutely right. You can't take a playoff. You know, the very fact is that every single pitch, you've got to be ready. Like I tell my team I'm coaching right now, if you take a playoff, I had a kid – he takes a playoff. He didn't even see the ball hit in left field. Three runs score because of one pitch, you know, and that's how yeah. easy the game yeah. can get away from you is that one pitch can be three runs, and then all of a sudden it just gets – the game gets way out of hand. And even though that's forum league and not a Division one baseball uh, for college baseball, it still has the but same principle. But it's true. Oh, absolutely true at all levels of baseball. It is, the game of baseball is decided by five pitches. Uh, and whatever the score is, five pitches by and large determine what happens over the course of the game. Whether it's a 10-1 win, a 5-2 win, get blown out 7-0 or losing 8-2, there are five pitches you can look at across the day and say this is how it happened. Saturday, it was a line-out double play in the fifth inning that really set the tone, in my mind, offensively for ECU, and they couldn't recover from it. But there are going to be 250, 300-some-odd pitches thrown in a baseball game. Like, it comes down to a very small number. What side do you want to be on of those five pitches? Because that will determine if you're moving on or not. For 38 times this year, the Pirates have been on the right side of those five pitches. For 13 times, they haven't been. Now it's time to get back to the 38. Because when they are on that side of things, they are so hard to stop. And that's that's one of the things we heard Thursday from the South Florida folks. It's the first time seeing us. They said, when this team is moving runners, dropping bunts. I know you know not a lot of folks love the bunting, but it's such a huge part of this East Carolina offense. The swing and slash, the, the all of that stuff. When they're doing that, there's no stopping them. Like, you can't stop this team. But five pitches will determine that amidst all of that. And so, be on the right side of that again starting Tuesday. Corey, Corey Go ahead, Bob. 
diehard pirate uh, Richard Osbrook chiming in on Facebook. I know he spent the weekend down in Athens, Georgia, the UGA softball regional. But uh, Richard chimed in and he was talking about how he loved your call of the tremendous double play, the 4-6-3 with uh, Norby to Giles to uh, Moylan, I believe it was. And then, and then he Francisco. also said, Francisco, okay. Uh, are we going to be able to sneak into the conference tournament? Yeah, I believe I believe every game is going to be on ESPN Plus down here. And so the way uh, you've done it all year, uh, if you have been doing it all year, of, of matching our call-up with a TV broadcast will still stand. Um, and uh, if you don't know how to do that, syncmygame.com will tell you how. Um, so yeah, all the games are going to I believe so. That's what I've heard. Um, See, I was going to tell you, I read that. I'm yeah, sorry, I think the championship game might be on the championship game might be on one of the ESPN cable channels. Um, ESPN News. Yeah, and the lead up, every other game is on plus. ESPN News. Yep, ESPN News. Is- yeah, that's okay. where it's usually been. It's been a few years since we've had a situation, but yeah, I think that's usually where it's wound up. Okay, well, I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I guess everybody has ESPN News just like they have every all the other ESPN. So, what does it matter? Well, you got me, though, Scott. You got me. Exactly. <laughs> the Kyle Barber Network. <laughs> you go down Corey there and Facebook. I, 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 am, I am actually very much looking forward to your call. Not that I normally don't. I always do. But Tuesday afternoon, while I am working, I get to listen to baseball. That'll make my day go by much faster. So, uh, you know, my, I'm in favor, actually, of more weekday afternoon baseball. That way I can listen to it while I work. Take it by. Yeah, and the the Pirates, frankly, are in one of the two slots you want in day one here. You want to be in that second game or that third game because you do not want to play at 9 a.m. and you do not want to play at 8.30 p.m., which is likely for the fourth game. So, yeah, Yeah, I mean, you're going to be working. A lot of you are probably going to be working, so uh, you won't be able to maybe watch it, but I'm there for you. Put me in your ear and tell the boss that you're listening to, I don't know, Cole Blake. I don't care. Listen, listen to what? Coldplay. Yeah, Coldplay. Coldplay? Yeah, banned from overseas. Okay, why is that? Why would the boss be more okay with that than baseball? Well, Coldplay, uh, it just seems like every boss likes Coldplay. Okay. He's All saying right. the bosses are bland is what he's saying. <laughs> okay. All right. So that way, baseball is way cooler. That's what he's saying. That's yeah. what I interpreted. Is that right? Or- your boss is cool, just put on the game on the radio and say, you're cool, I'm cool, we're listening to some cool things. <laughs> that right, sounds so, good. Sounds good. So about the, we're talking about the hotels. What kind of, uh, can you tell the fans are going down there like our uh, buddy Josh Thomas is uh, uh, watching on Facebook Live? What are some things people can do down there, fans, this week? I wanted to ask you that before we talk more baseball. I have, since I've been doing this job, I've been imploring fans to come down here for this tournament because it is really something cool. Um, it's not just, you know, where where we stay um, and the, the amenities here. There, there are, there's, there's a main drag right here on Clearwater Beach. You can just stroll up and down and, and kill all your time uh, when you're not in the ballpark. But the facility is unbelievable. Um, you're not going to see, frankly, uh, you know, like, conference tournament that's played in a much better facility than this one here, Baker Ballpark. And so, um, like, there, there's 
plenty to do. The weather's great. It's supposed to be great this weekend. It's going to be warm, but it's not going to be humid. And there's no rain in the forecast, which is key down here. Um, and you're going to see some good baseball in a really impressive facility. So, um, yeah, SEC can have Hoover. Uh, ACC can have Charlotte. And Charlotte's a great park. I know that. Uh Clearwater is where it's at here in college conference tournament week. Like, there's no question about it. No, that's a great setting. I mean, you got the beach. You got, you know, I've never actually been to Clearwater Beach, but, I mean, I'm sure you've got plenty of tourist things to do. You you mentioned the restaurants earlier. I mean, it's it's, – I'd much rather be somewhere like Clearwater Beach, Florida this time of year for several days than Hoover or Charlotte. I remember one year – uh, guys, you remember this? It was it was actually the year the year we were transitioning from the CAA to Conference USA that they had held the comp, the Colonial tournament, the CAA tournament in at Manio. the Outer Banks. Yeah, that ballpark. Yeah. Of Manio. Oh. Um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's you know, I, to me, those are much better destinations for conference tournaments than just your random city, particularly this time of year. Yes. Yeah, the Outer Banks was fabulous. Uh, you know, I, I love that area and Manio. The park uh, there in Clearwater is definitely better, uh, for sure. There's no question. There's not even – they're not even in the same – no pun intended, not in the same league. They're not even close. Uh, but as far as location and things to do, the Outer Banks is great too. But as far as the actual where you play in the games, no doubt about it, Clearwater's got uh, – no offense to folks at Manio. We love you. Um, but well, let's go to Clearwater. I'm in Clearwater. I'd love for you guys to join. I wish we could. I have to. I have to work this weekend. This weekend, uh, weekend as well. Unfortunately, I would definitely look at coming if down. Boss there. is cool. They'll understand. Bring the no boss. comment. <laughs> no comment. I want to keep my job. Uh, Kyle, do you have a cool boss? I guess he didn't hear that. Kyle, do you have a cool boss? Are you still there? Or maybe we lost him. Bubba, do you have a cool boss, a principal? I do. I'm actually going to be um, switching schools. And, you know, we had a dip in our enrollment, so I'm, I'm switching from uh, middle school to elementary school in the fall. What did you ask, oh, I Dave? I was asking. Uh, he was saying if I had a cool boss, then I could just come down to Clearwater. And I said no comment. I was trying to evade the question uh, and be a politician. <laughs> and I asked you to help me out <laughs> so that – uh, the pressure will be not on to answer that comment. Uh, uh, to answer yeah, that question, I have a cool boss. Yeah. Could you leave your job for four or five days? Is what he's saying, and come down and be with him in Clearwater. At the I tournament. could. Yeah, I could. I um, probably would prefer I give more notice than uh, than than just you know tomorrow. But uh, well, you yeah, have, have my if, permission. If Corey wants to permission. pay for it, I believe I can pull it off. Yeah. You have my permission to leave immediately from your jobs and come down here to Clearwater. Oh, man. All right. We got Corey's permission. Corey, so, uh, Corey Glore says so. All right. Have, there you go. I do have 50 days of I do have fifty days of vacation stored up. So, um, that well, would be I assure you, Dave, as I do not have uh, zero, 50 days yeah. of vacation stored up. I yeah, there's a thing you. called COVID-19. <laughs> and when COVID was yep. going on and we, we couldn't take off vacation forever. So, ah. Uh, that's right. That wouldn't make sense. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, but now it's good because I have plenty of time to. And our, our friend Josh Thomas says he's self-employed. My boss is a pretty cool guy. <laughs> ah. Josh, have you ever sexually harassed yourself? And that I, I'm not going to get into. Let's let's talk. Uh, let's go back to baseball, Corey. Uh, 
How the teams uh, for uh, you were mentioning about obviously Cincinnati's playing out of their mind right now. You mentioned Wichita State. Is there a team that outside the radar maybe that we're not thinking about that uh, Memphis, another team that maybe that could really give anybody a, a fit? I think um, I think Houston throwing Robert Gasser on Tuesday could set them up okay to make a little bit of a run, and they are throwing their ace on Tuesday. And they have Tulane, who has fallen off the planet now. Um, and a ton of injuries, and Tulane is, is just kind of just, I mean, they, I, don't, I don't know what to think of them now heading into this week. But I think Houston could maybe show up on that side of the bracket as it seems like, oh, they, they made it to Saturday, that sort of thing. Um, but to me, it's Cincinnati is the team. Like, that. that's when they didn't play the Pirates, I believe their mark uh, turned out to be 17-7 and seven in conference this year, maybe even a little bit more than that. So, um, they're far and away the second-best team in the league. Like, it's it's not close. Um, like, they, they wind up with the same record as UCF in the league, but they win the head-to-head tiebreaker, which is win percentage of the teams above you. There are three teams above that group, and Cincinnati saw – us eight times went one and seven and still won that tiebreaker because that's how good they've been against the rest of the league. Um, they now have the pitching that is supporting that veteran lineup. That is an extremely scary team. And it's a shame, frankly, that it took half the year for that to come together because that's a tournament team. Like the way that they play, the way that we saw them two weeks ago, what they did to Tulane last weekend. That is a that's a bubble team if their first half of the year wasn't as problematic as it was. And so to me, there are two clear teams at the top of the heap in this conference tournament, and they might see each other in the second day like that because Cincinnati's the fourth. And so um, to me, to me, it's the Pirates, it's the Bearcats. And then you have kind of another group underneath UCF if they can get through Cincinnati. It caused the Pirates some problems, so there could be another one. Wichita played okay last weekend against Memphis. They got their slugger back, Garrett Kosas, back in that lineup. Um, but to me, it's ECU and Cincinnati, and one of them's not making it to the championship game at the minimum. Well, we'll have to see how, obviously, that plays out. But certainly with the, the Pirates, you were talk, we were talking about pitch by pitch, just like that. Um, how, what do you think the guys – when? Uh, uh, one question I want to ask you earlier, and I forgot, after the two losses, uh, what kind of moods are the guys in now uh, looking forward? It's uh, Sunday afternoon. We're doing the show early Sunday evening now. Uh, did you get to take a feel of the guys, like, leaving the facility there at USF and the bus ride over to Clearwater? How are things now? Well, I think there's. I think they are moving on from that weekend, but still trying to – wrestle their arms around just what happened to end the weekend. And so they're, they're in full go now for Memphis, and they're setting the stage for that. They'll, they'll practice tomorrow morning, um, and then they'll get all the scouting reports done for Memphis. Um, but, yeah, I think initially after last night's game, there was a little bit of kind of a, whoa, that sort of a feel to what happened. Um, now uh, you need this in the sport. You need to be able to flip the switch back. Um, and that means, you know, not just wiping out a loss, but wiping out why it happened, learning from it, and then applying it to the next game. That's where the team's at now. 
you were talking about the I know we're looking the team is not going to be looking ahead, but does uh, they have the conference uh, regular season title? Obviously, if they win the, do you think that gives them a national seed if they win the tournament this weekend? Um, I think it puts them debating that someone asked. Yeah, because you just have to look to two years ago and see what happens when they don't perform well this week. Um, Again, it's there's a reason to not put them in like what happened in 2019. They were the 10 seed despite the the five RPI. So right now their RPI is at 11 and now conference tournament week begins here on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I think if they do win this thing, they're probably in that top eight mix. Um, but I don't know. M- maybe a semifinal appearance could do that too. Um, but I think um, I think if you could take care of this here this week, that will put you at home for a few weeks. As far as uh, as far oh, as we're talking. About- Dave, I was going to piggyback off that. I mean, not that we can okay. control any of it, but coming the top eight seed, obviously, if you if you win your conference tournament, then, then you, you, you have that chance. If you don't, then you're probably not going to. But also what happens around us is going to have a play on that, too. I mean, you know, there are other conference tournaments going on. Some seeds, some, some conferences have wrapped it up. There's no conference tournaments. But, you know, what's going to happen in the ACC tournament? What's going to happen in the SEC tournament? All that's going to have an impact also on what our nationals, on what our seeding will be. Whether it's you know a top eight seed, top sixteen seed, you know, like I said, you know, if if we go two and Q, then I'm going to be nervous that if we host, I think we will, but I'll, I'll be nervous. Yeah, I, I think that's fair because I, I think that you can rule out one team already from the host mix. That's hit, but and Southern Miss didn't play at all last weekend. Now they have the conference tournament coming up. So that could maybe get them back into the discussion in terms of being a 16, one of the 16. I think one of those three Conference USA schools, whoever wins the tournament is assured a spot, even though they all kind of struggled this past week in Charlotte, Louisiana Tech. Um, the SEC has seven teams in this mix, and, and Coach O has been in that room. Um, he's, he's pretty confident that all seven are going to make the regional host spot, even with what happens in Hoover. Because someone's going to go, two and outs in Hoover that's in this group. That's, that's just going to be major these. Um, the ACC sets up their tournament in a pod format with three teams in a pod. They all play each other in a round robin. Everybody gets three games. It's a foolish tournament setup, but it's great for what the ACC is trying to do, and that is boost RPI for these teams and get everyone a minimum of three games instead of a minimum of two games, like what everyone else does. And so... Notre Dame is going to have their shot a couple times to prove that they belong in the top eight as well. Outside of that, you have the West Coast teams who do not play conference tournaments. And so Arizona's playing Dixie State. Like, they are pretty well set in terms of a regional spot right now. But if they stumble against them, then suddenly that becomes dicier. Um, and then you have Gonzaga, you have Oregon, you have Stanford also at their play and regular season weekends coming up. So, yeah, starting Tuesday, a lot's going to be sorted out here, but I don't think there will be as many spots up for grabs as maybe you think, Kyle, heading into this week. I think I think you're down to 18 kind of already. Um, a couple teams have been wiped out. 
and you're not going to get more than one in Conference USA hosting. And so I think, again, the, yeah, take care of your business, and this isn't a discussion. If the Pirates do struggle here this week, then, it be, then yeah, nervousness will creep up. I still think they're in an okay spot right now. Uh, no doubt. One of mind uh, fans about Next Level Training Center, that uh, the great folks there who actually, Trent Gaynell, Brett, who have been very good to us sponsoring this show here uh, each and every Sunday. Appreciate them so much. Um, and I know we'll get to our PGX Pitcher of the Week and our Player of the Week. We have that and uh, pgxgloves.com. They're so fantastic. I'll tell you what, they've been very good to us as well. Uh, Corey, before we do that, uh, who would be your – we've never done this. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who would you be your PGX Pitcher of the Week? Who, who do you like? Gavin Williams. Before we do Gavin Williams. <laughs> I mean, with what he did, again, that, that might have been the best he's looked, frankly, this year, and that's saying something. Um, I, he was just – there was not a single moment where he wasn't really in sharp command of that team. Um, and – so, yeah, he's, he's, he's my obvious one for this week. And as you see, those are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Periscope or Twitter, you see that he is the, the, uh, the obvious choice there for us. The PGX Pitcher of the Week is Gavin Williams, going now 9-0, and uh, that 1.48 ERA. But he pitched six innings, one run, uh, one earned run. He had three hits, 11 strikeouts, no walks, uh, 80 pitches. I mean, that's just uh, – Phenomenal stuff. And again, hopefully we can win on Tuesday to get him Thursday. But like Corey said, you got to win on Tuesday to get to Thursday. Uh, so we don't want to look at. You're going to see him this week. It'll either be Wednesday or Thursday, but you're going to see him this week. Make no bones about that. No doubt about it. And what about your uh, what about your player of the week? Who do you like? I'd probably go with Bryson Whirl on that one. A couple of triples in game one, home run that turned to be the decider wow. in game two. Um, and the last couple of days was a struggle for pretty much everyone in the lineup, um, but uh, including Bryson in the last couple of games. But he's at the stage uh, on day one of the series pretty easily. No doubt. And that's uh, our PGX player of the week is Bryson Whirl. Five to five, uh, five to 15, rather. He had a home run, two triples. He had a uh, doubles he had a, a single and four rbis on the day so uh, congratulations to bryson world our pgx player of the week and uh what a great uh great thing we did get the as we mentioned we do have the the regular season now we're going to be in the postseason officially and uh all you got to do is like the old uh, bachman turner overdrive song you got to take care of business that's what we got taking care of business uh, that's what it's all about. And, you know, something I was thinking about all throughout the show, Corey, is it's easy to get in these conference tournaments and the regionals and super regionals or Omaha uh, with the College World Series, and you're so worried about the other competition. We just have to worry about being ECU, right? I mean, he talk, Coach talks about that. Don't worry about the other team. Let's just be ECU. If, yes, that, that's been the message from the start, from game one to game, this will be 52 coming up on Tuesday. Um, you take care of yourself. Nobody can beat you. Uh, you play ECU baseball, no one's going to beat you. And so that will be the driving focus heading into the matchup with Memphis coming up in a couple of afternoons time. And that worry about what you can control. And that includes your focus. That includes your attitude. Um, 
not just what you do at the plate, not just what you do on the mound. Um, and they're going to be fine. Like the, They're still fine. They're still a damn good team. They're one of the nation's best. Um, the last two games were not them. And so now it's time to go out there and get back to being them. No question about it. In fact, uh, we had uh, Richard Allsburg ask, He's asking if the, the team is healthy. I know there's obviously some bumps and bruises. I mean, look at, like you said, was game 52 coming up? We all know about that. He said a lot of personnel movements are no surprise to me. I was just wondering, are we healthy? Yeah, I think by and large, everyone's healthy. Just nicks and scrapes it. And, you know, Josh Moylan has, it sounds like, a little bit of a hamstring pull from Cincinnati that he's still kind of nursing. Um, but he showed up throughout the weekend and even played first base for a little bit. So um, I think aside from just kind of the season wearing tear um, and, and you know, the Skylar Brooks injury, which has been kind of the biggest one of the last month and a half, and he's likely done for the year. Um, this team is, is as a full complement here now. Just, you know, they're good. The guys are tired and, and everyone's tired by this day. So it's not an excuse uh, because now they're going to be a tired teams starting up on Tuesday here, and um, you're still pretty well-talented compared to a lot of the other teams you're going to see. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think injury-wise, this team's fine. And What's our good friend... Situation? What's the capacity situation for the... Uh, I don't know course? that, actually. I, I, I had not, I've not heard what the situation is here for the American Conference Tournament. I mean, we're in Florida, uh, which is 100% open, and so... Uh, I would, you know, I would lean to maybe that direction, but we were just at USF, and that was not open. In fact, that was only passless for attendance. The school there was being still pretty strict about things. Um, I, I honestly, I don't have an answer on the capacity thing for the American. I'll try and find that out for for everyone here before things start on Tuesday. Uh, but I've heard anything. Been... And so if you want uh, the good... answer, guys, check Corey's Twitter. He'll have it for you at some point. No, that's Absolutely. very true. Our good friend Blair Bagley, who is a great pirate, he said Gavin is a beast. Uh, one of the he questions, yes, he is. Uh, definitely, don't you think he made the right decision to come back to school? I mean, the guy has been, uh, he said, so, speaking of being hungry, he has been hungry all season long, and uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that keep speaking of uh, being healthy, that he'll stay healthy the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I that's an interesting question. Do you think he made the right choice? Um, I mean, obviously, it's working out for him. And he will, you know, even though he was getting called at five-round draft last year, he said, you know, I pitched two innings of baseball that in 2020 you didn't see what I can do. Um, I'm going to make you see what I can do. And now people are seeing what he can do. So he's going to jump up quite a bit come July when this draft happens. Like he's a first or second rounder with what he's done this year. So yeah, in that regard, he made the right call for what he means to this team, for what this team means to him. It's the obvious right call. Um, and to see, you know, the kid that was throwing 100 coming in as a freshman, uh, to see an hour will still hit you 98, but then he just buckles your knees with a slider, change up, will come in right at you if you're a right-hander, and then yeah, occasionally he'll throw you a 12 6 curve, but dude, this will let you know he has that as well. He, he's one of the best in the nation. He's one of the best pitchers going in the nation. And he's going to have at least two more outings here to show that again um, to the rest of the country, maybe he hasn't win just yet. Uh, looking ahead, I know we're not supposed to, but as far as uh, capacity, is it uh, for those that, as far as if, if we have a regional, 
I feel like we will. What would the capacity? It's going to be the fifty percent. We'll have like the no social distance of fifty percent. No, 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 no. They changed to hundred percent. So we're good. We're definitely good. The NCAA, the NCAA, the NCAA has backtracked, and now it's one hundred percent for states that allow it for schools that allow it. So um, East Carolina has that option now because North Carolina is 100% for these types of facilities. Um, I don't know if anything has been made yet, definitive answers yet in terms of that for a regional Greenville. But the the option is there. And if they can check all the boxes, I'm sure they would love it. I'm sure they would want to see 5,300 in for a regional game uh, next weekend or two weekends from now. Um, they're still going to cross their T's and dot their I's um, and, and see if that's workable here um, if they're hosting uh, a regional. But, yes, they, they have the option. It's, it's there on the table. Corey, I, I, hate to be a, I hate to be a smartass, but <clears throat> doesn't it make it easier? I mean, in essentially, if, if, we, uh, if we go back to full capacity, just, we need to hire more people. I mean, you don't have to do anything. There's no need to, we don't have to social distance anymore. Masks are not required anymore as long as you have your shot. So just go back to what we did every year and every game prior to this COVID crap, and just you know, unless people have forgotten how to do their jobs, I mean, um, I don't know. Staffing may be an issue because nobody wants to work anymore. But beyond <laughs> that, um, let's get uh, let's get fans in the stadium and uh, have a, have a full house. I mean, on the surface, yeah, um, but it's, there are far, there are complicated measures beneath that and you mentioned one of them it, the staffing in place to do that when it hasn't been all year there are still furloughs happening in the athletic department right now and so um no like it, it's i'm sure they love to check a box flip a switch and just say yeah everyone come on in like they're on but that hasn't been the case for a year now and just to be able to snap your fingers and make it happen or next weekend, there's a lot more to it than just saying, yep, that's good. So but there, there's more in place logistically. Um, like they haven't had to deal with parking stuff. The NCAA is things they need set up in ballparks for regionals. So um, it's more complicated than just signing on the line and say we're doing it. How's that get it done? John Gilbert, Brian Robinson, and everybody in the athletic department, get it done. Your job, get it done. Kyle's looking for uh, you want to do some moonlighting, Kyle? I don't look. Get it done. I don't want to hear any excuses. People have been dying to get in that ballpark all year, <laughs> literally, and we haven't been able to. We have our opportunity now. If we host, get it done. Get a full house in there. Figure it out. Get it done. It's your job. Do your job. Get it done. All right. Okay. Well, uh, Corey, that's you're from me. Nobody else. That's all from me. Hey, Corey. I know you're poolside right now, so we'll let you get back to your job of uh, chilling and. If you can see the Gulf of Mexico back there as well. Oh, my there. gosh. Yeah. It's not bad. Oh my God. It's yeah. a tough life. But somebody has to live it. <laughs> Corey, man, I would know that you've uh, had a long uh, series, obviously, with USF, and we appreciate your time so much. How can people find you, your work? Obviously, we want them to listen on Tuesday. Yeah, well, you can, you can find me on the beach this week when we're not calling baseball. Um, but uh, Twitter, at Corey Glore, Instagram, same moniker. Um, and then uh, the TuneIn app to listen if you're not in Greenville, find East Carolina Baseball. And Pirate Sports Network, that Twitter account, Pirate IMG, have that on hand because 
We're game two on Tuesday, so we have a 12.30 airtime, but we might not be on the air at 12.30, so that'll update you as well from here because things are going to be in flux a little bit on Tuesday. So I keep locked into all of that over the next couple of days as uh, this thing gets underway. All right, and all the games fans are going to be on ESPN Plus, except for the championship game that'll be on ESPN News. So keep that in mind. And all the game times, just remember that, let's see, that that shot from Corey seals it for me. Josh says he's heading down. So there you go. Corey, on, you're out next. <laughs> Corey's actually working now, Josh, for the Chamber of Commerce, I think, this week for Clearwater. So uh, appreciate you so much, man. Yeah, I didn't mention that this hotel does have a private beach. Oh, there you go. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thanks for working with me uh, a little bit today and throughout the weekend. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, I'll be talking to you here down the line. All right. We'll see you next. uh, I guess we'll talk to you next week or uh, next couple weeks. All right, man. Have a good one. We'll be talking about more Pirate Baseball. I know that. No doubt. All right. Good luck to the Pirates this week. All right. That's Corey Glore. Appreciate him very much as he's out of here. And guys, uh, We'll see how things go. Final comments from you guys before we get out of here. Yeah, I know Corey was being politically correct, and I understand, and what he's saying is true. But I'll tell you what, you're going to have some pissed off pirates if we can be 100% capacity and we're not. You're going to have some angry, angry people. Yeah, well, they have, uh, they do have more than just this week, so um, they can focus this week. Yeah, it should have been planning it for a couple weeks now. Yeah, yeah. And you still, you're down to the final week of planning, and the next week will be the regional. So, and hopefully, Pirates have got to play well, so we got to take care of business in Clearwater and then come back to Greenville and uh, host the regional. So still, uh, we plan that we have we're going to plan that we'll have the regional, but you still got to take it uh, take care of business on the diamond. So, uh, do you have anything before we go, Bubba? Nope. <laughs> that was the easiest one. All right. Well, I want to thank all our good friends for Next Level Training Center. Uh, nextlevelTC.com, as you see on the screen, those that are watching, 252-756-NEXT. I know at some point we'll have Trent uh, back on. We'll talk to him about they usually have some summer camps for baseball and uh, looking forward to that, and also for softball uh, for my son Alex and my daughter Mackenzie. Whenever we can uh, work that in our schedule in the summertime, uh, we'll get that uh, for sure. All right, for Corey Glor, Kyle Barber, and Bob Rosenbaum, thank you, buddy, for producing as well, Bubba, behind the scenes in addition to hosting. Uh, then we'll see you next time right here on Extra Innings on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. Go Pirates. That concludes this week's edition of Extra Innings presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night as we will once again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the show on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to the show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Go Pirates!